what's this what's this story and what's the context in which you were you were relaying the information oh yeah i thought you were going to do some sort of opening no we'll do that later <laughs> well in that case oh zoom zoom hit it it i couldn't hear the amazing crack from that bubbly it, it gated that yep. crisp that is that is an atrocity I know. That's all these hangout episodes that I I do. I usually do open something, and now I'm wondering, do we ever want to record directly through Zoom ever again? Because they censor. They censor. I say. My delicious, refreshing beverages, whose yes, voices should not be ignored, and are being suppressed by the communists. Also, did you in fact recognize what brand of sparkling water that was? By the yes. one second it was on screen. Bubbly, yeah. How can you you how you? It's impossible to mistake bubbly for anything else because they 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 paint the whole can like a solid color. I don't know. I don't drink bubbly. I drink La Croix in honor of our French listeners. I see. Anyway, moving on from that, if we can. Yes, tell us the story. So this was just something uh, amusing that came up in my late antiquity class so we're talking about the uh the carolingians who i'm sure our dear listeners remember from our charles martel and charlemagne episodes um mm -hmm. which i still think were some of our best episodes um, yes and for new listeners this is not our typical structure please feel free to go back and and celebrate our entire catalog of <laughs> uh crazy episodes about history <laughs> But I agree. Those so, were very good. So, during the uh, 8th, 9th century, when the Carolingians were trying to make inroads to the east, into the still pagan and barbarous Germanic lands inhabited by the nasty Saxons, um, obviously they were, in addition to conquering them, they were also trying to Christianize them. Um, because, A, they did, you know, honestly want to evangelize and christianize and b it'd be e it's easier to have neighbors who you share religion with the neighbors who have a completely different religion there's less conflict it's it's beneficial to them if they can christianize the neighboring peoples and the saxons are obviously a germanic people with a real warrior martial tradition very warlike you know a lot like sort of like we think viking kind of thing that sort of that sort of vibe and so Christianity is a little bit of a hard sell in some ways, um, at least as it's often presented. You know, the whole meekness and mm. not lopping people's heads off sort of thing, turning the other cheek. It's it's a hard sell. So some very enterprising um, missionary monks had the idea of, well, what if we presented things in a slightly different way? And they were already planning to translate the Gospels into Saxon so that the Saxons could read them on, read them themselves. Um, and so they thought, well, we'll just, we'll finesse the story a little bit to sort of bring out the things we think the Saxons would perhaps like better. Um, and the result is something we call the Heliant, which is the Saxon word for the Savior. And um, it's a little bit of a departure from the way the New Testament presents itself. Um, mm. And so I, I read a passage of this to my class this week, 
And I want to share that with you. So first, I'm going to read a, read a passage from the Gospel of Luke. Um, I will use the Revised Standard Edition so as not to offend your Protestant sensibilities with my <laughs> Dewey Reams ways. Um, so here we go. This is when Jesus is being arrested on the at the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. When he arose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. While he was still speaking, there came a crowd, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He drew near to Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were about saw him, uh, sorry, saw that they would that that sorry, when those who were about him saw what would follow, they said, "Lord, shall we strike with the sword?" One of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said, "No more of this." And he touched his ear and healed him. So, the translators, they they saw this bit with the sword and were like, "Aha, we can." We can use this. This is good. We can we can spin this a little bit. And so here's the version of the arrest of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane contained in the Saxon Gospel. Um, the chapter titles are pretty indicative. The chapter titles for this are uh, Christ's Deep Fear Before Battle, Christ the Chieftain is Captured, Peter the Mighty Swordsman Defends Him Boldly. <laughs> I love it. So Christ's sword thanes saw the warriors coming up the mountain, making a great din, angry armed men. Judas, the hate-filled man, was showing them the way. The enemy clan, the Jews, were marching behind. The warriors marched forward, that grim Jewish army, until they had come to Christ. There he stood, that famous chieftain. Christ's followers, wise men, deeply distressed by this hostile action, held their position in front. They spoke to their chieftain. My lord chieftain, if it should now be your will that we be impaled here on their spear points, wounded by their weapons, then nothing would be so good to us as to die here, pale from mortal wounds for our chieftain. Then Simon Peter, that mighty noble swordsman, flew into a battle rage. His mind was in such turmoil that he could not speak a single word. His heart became intensely bitter because they wanted to seize his lord. So he strode over angrily, that daring thane, to stand in front of his commander, right in front of his lord. No doubt in his mind, no fearful hesitation in his chest, he drew his blade and struck straight ahead at the first man of the enemy with all his strength of his hands, so that Malchus was cut and wounded on the right side by the sword. His ear was lopped off. He was badly wounded in the head such that his cheek and ear burst open and flowed with his mortal wound. Blood gushed out, pouring from the sword wound, and the men stood back, fearing the slash of the blade. <laughs> that was a hell of a payoff. So they um they finessed it a little bit, yeah. kind of. They took the whole cutting of the ear thing and you know baited a little bit of a more prominent part of the passage. <laughs> it was a loose translation, I would say. That's that's hysterical. Anyway, I the whole thing is like, like that. 
<laughs> the whole thing is like that. Like Jerusalem is a hill fort and there are <laughs> chieftains and shield walls and stuff. It's... Oh my gosh, that sounds so amazing. <laughs> oh wow. Like that makes that makes the Bible sound kind of badass. <laughs> <laughs> it went from like Sunday school to Beowulf, like <laughs> yeah, li- yep, literally, literally. Yeah. Oh my a, gosh, it's a great read. I recommend it. The What's Heliand. it called? The Heliand. H e l i a n d. Wow. I think I feel like we're gonna have a lot more people reading the Bible if they knew about the Heliand. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check that out. Well, that yes. might seem unrelated. Put on my chainmail and helmet and withdraw into my chamber for Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> Let me getting together with your your fellow thanes to study your <laughs> your Bible. Oh my gosh! Yes, but that that might seem unrelated to some of you, but you know this is kind of one of our hangout episodes to fill some time because, as those of you who've been listening patiently know, George is about to get married and that's going to be a lot of time it's already been a lot of time prepping for the wedding i've seen the guest list it's as long as the bible itself uh and uh he's managing all of that so we can't expect him to be as available as he usually is during the usual times of his ordinary job should would you like to speak for yourself sir yeah, it has been it has been a heck of a time. Like I'm I'm excited to get married, but man, I'm also excited for this whole whole thing to be over because yeah, it's just been a lot of stuff. Like there's apparently a lot that goes into planning a wedding in case you yeah, didn't know. Um it's like tomorrow morning I'm going to meet with the catering people to taste some things and set the menu. Uh, and then after that I'm meeting with the cake person to talk about that and just there's been there's so many little details that you gotta you gotta get all your your ducks in a row. And like, I'm not a ducks in a row kind of person. Like normally, I don't even know where my ducks are, much less what <laughs> formation they're in, whether they're in a shield wall or not. So it's it's just it's a lot of stuff. So we're getting there. Uh, it's yeah, getting close. It's like forty days or something. I think it's about forty days. Forty days and forty nights, <laughs> just like the Bible. Um, but uh Aaron is coming out for the wedding, which will mm-hmm. be which will be awesome. It'll be the first uh life event, I think. Cause like we've been friends a long time, but I don't think either of us is like you weren't I wasn't at your graduation, you weren't at my graduation, no. right? So nope. so like this is the first time we're gonna have gonna have a be present at one of one of the host's life events. It's the first time I'm going to a wedding not alone, too, which is great. I'm looking forward to that because when I awkwardly don't dance <laughs> I'll have someone to talk to, but I was also going to say, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's, I think I'm, I'm personally not looking forward to it quite as much as <laughs> I, 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 it would have been funny if you just stopped there. I'm personally <laughs> not looking forward to it. So anyway, what I wanted to talk about, today, <laughs> Wait, it's going to, I'm going to be like everybody else there. I'm going to want to monopoly, monopolize your time. I'm going to be like, I need to tell you all the important things right now. And you're just going to be so busy. You're just going to be whisked around talking to people you know, eating and dancing and making merry. And I'm just going to be in the corner like, there goes my boy. <laughs> he's he's all grown up. But no, I'm very excited. I think it's going to be great. But I was also going to say, like, you have the distinct disadvantage of being Catholic, which means you can't just rent out the back room of a restaurant, get a DJ, and that's your wedding. Well, in fairness, you could. Because um, let me just put on my Catholic hat. For Please do. Here. Um, unlike most of the, the sacraments, most of the sacraments, you know, are 
confected is the word. They're performed by a priest. The priest is the one who sort of enacts the sacrament. Marriage, actually, technically, the two people getting married create the sacrament through their exchange of vows. And so you technically don't even need a priest there. Hmm. Um, it is the church made uh, made some rules that there had to be witnesses to a wedding. Otherwise, people could, uh, you know claimed that they were married to someone and therefore get to inherit the fortune, whatever, that weddings had to have witnesses, but you don't actually need a priest for a wedding. So you could have an incredibly short, low-key, little 10-minute thing somewhere, but it's customary. Usually we do the wedding in the context of a of a mass and a whole, you know, a whole deal. Right, right. I was making fun of Protestants, not Catholics there. (laughs) Just so you know. It's the work week. I'm still in professor mode. Well, I was going to say uh, one other thing is it's going to be the first Catholic wedding I've ever been to, which would be interesting. Um, and I'm not going to know how to behave unless you tell me exactly what to do. I'll probably do some Protestant bullshit where I'm clapping and you know, to the <laughs> yeah. music or whatever. That, that awkward, like in the middle of the mass. Just uh, yes. One. one. Yeah. Oh, he said <laughs> that so well. <laughs> For him. I'm going to bring a, a snake to help dispel demons, you know, all the Protestant stuff. It's it's going to be good. But, uh, yeah, I, I just want everyone to be aware that we're both very excited about this. It's going to take a chunk out of the show for a little bit, but we'll be back to business as usual, hopefully. And uh, in the meantime, I'm going to do my best to drive this bitch alone. <laughs> That's really hard for me. Um, I actually just recorded uh, a very, very special interview a few weeks ago um it's our first live guest uh it's going to be very different from a lot of the content we've done but that's because i'm driving and i don't have george here to keep me balanced and be like hey that has that has nothing to do with the podcast (laughs) (laughs) you know i will i will have on flat earthers all as long as (laughs) every single day as long as he's not here and you know we're even talking about having even more controversial guests on the show because you know what History is controversial, and when you're living in an era where history is being written by the liars before your very eyes, you kind of need to listen to the black sheep. Um, it, George has gotten up. He's expecting me to carry this. And that's okay, because I have plenty of things to say. I'm not even sure he's even listening anymore, is it? Oh, yes, he is. Where'd you go? Right, I, was just, I was getting my phone off the charger in case I get, like, a you know important text or something. A wedding-related call. Yes, but we uh we've been talking about like oh we're gonna let conspiracy theory onto the show and I'm beginning to think that's the wrong way to frame it. I think what we're letting onto the show is alternative points of view, and that's what we've kind of done not from the beginning, but definitely since like the midlife of the show when we started realizing that mainstream history was indeed a lie agreed upon, and we started to have to actually dig deeper and learn things that were unpleasant in order to get the full story on things. Like if I went back now and was to redo Jim Jones and David Koresh, I would have a completely different perspective just based on how we've seen things turn out in the last few years. And it's probably not what you're thinking, but in the sense that, oh, he's got the opposite perspective. No, it's just more nuanced. And a nuanced perspective is hard to find. And fair, sane people who are willing to do nuance are even harder to find, which is what I've come to discover (laughs) in the podcasting world as it is. You know, you got people who go from A to B or left to right or whatever, and they think that that fixes everything to just simply do the opposite or say the opposite of what they've been saying or believing their whole life. 
And that has a place, but that's not 100% accurate. And being nuanced, fun, and engaging all at the same time is special, which is why we do our show. People stick around for it. What do you think? Were you listening at all? That's okay. <laughs> I was I was vaguely listening. I was vaguely okay. listening. Well, just so everyone knows, when, when George needs a podcast, he doesn't put on a podcast. He calls me. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. Like, I can just put the put the phone on while I'm driving, and Aaron can easily fill up two hours. Easily, easily. I'm restraining myself here. Yeah, and I just ever have to like every now and be out of every now and then be like, yeah, that's really interesting. And then he just keeps going. Yeah. Well, it's because it's really it's a good system, honestly. It's a great system. It's why we're we're famous friends, and <laughs> hopefully, the famous part doesn't happen anytime soon. But, um. Well, we do have a couple of things we do we do need to talk about you know, briefly that are business related. Um, we did get some tips, which is great. Uh, I'm not going to read your last names because I don't know how people feel about that. But I will say thank you to Mark and Glenn for your both of your $10 tips. Any kind of help like that is appreciated. And I'd actually like to say one other thing on that. If you times are tight and if you can't send money to two morons of the history podcast, um, that's fine. But you know what we do like? What were you gonna say? You were gonna say something. I was gonna say. I mean, yeah, like I wouldn't either. If to, I wouldn't send money to us, so. Well, I I send money to other <laughs> podcasters on principle because I believe God, in su- this. You're such a nerd. I am a huge nerd. <laughs> Everyone knows. Everyone knows that the ones who there are those who have never seen my face, and all they see in their head is just one giant piece of candy from a box of many. Um, that's a nerd's reference for all you Wonka. Oh, okay. I I was like. This is, is this some sort of philosophical thing? I was, I was, no, it's I just, was not tracking with that. <laughs> it was just carefully, carefully constructed comedy. But yes, Mark and Glenn, thank you very much for those tips. If you can't send tips, you know what's helpful? An attaboy, a, a, a little email to me, to me or George that just says, hey, really enjoy what you're doing on the show. Um, or and a suggestion of any kind, like, hey, this, here's a person who's really interesting. You can look into this because believe it or not, even though we've both scoured the internet for, you know, ever uh, looking for content for the show, there's still stuff that surprises us. Like I've found my newest subject. I'd never heard of it before. And I'm like, how have I never heard this story? Um, But yeah. And speaking of that, as far as notes, we did get one that I wanted to read part of. Uh, I did not ask permission, so I won't read the whole thing. Just, just the nice part. (laughs) We got a, we got a, uh, a letter from an actual French person about the French Revolution. Uh, this is our patron. Uh, I think it's, I believe it's Anaxacorgus. Is that correct? Do you think? Does that sound Greek enough? Um, I don't remember what it was, but I don't have it on the, the screen. Let me see. Did you send me a screenshot of it? I did send you a screenshot. Uh, Anaxacorgus. Anaxacorgus gives us money, but what actually was amazing, what was actually really amazing wasn't, the, the financial support, it was the words of encouragement from a person who, you know, we were directly attacking the entire episode, you know, calling them baguettes and things. And that eh, was just, it was just so sweet. But um, for uh, for them to reach out, but they said, uh, bonjour, Aaron and George. I can't do a French accent, but I feel like I should totally try to fudge one for him or for her. I don't, I really don't know if it's a him or her. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you for your outstanding We Talk About Dead People podcast. As a French native and history buff, I appreciate how you bring historical events to life with your engaging, humorous storytelling style. 
and how it has reinforced my interest in the multiple accounts of historical events and challenges of discerning the truth. Your podcast is always a highlight of my month, and the recent episode on Sarlo Vase was both informative and hilarious. It gave me a new perspective on history and inspired me to delve even deeper. It's, it was it was just awesome to hear that. I sent that to you immediately. And how did you feel? Did you get warm fuzzies? I, I got I got warm fuzzies. I, nice. I really, really, really almost shed a tear. No, but for real, though, it is it is very nice to hear from people. Um makes yeah makes you feel that you're uh you're doing something valuable and very encouraging because yeah sometimes with the when i'm teaching you know i've got people in the room with me like i can tell if they're sort of take you know actually taking things in i can tell if they're enjoying the class and whatnot but when you're just talking into a microphone you know sometimes it feels like you're in a sort of vacuum and so it's nice to have the have people sort of reach out and it's like oh wow there was actually someone listening it's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And if you want to if you want to get in touch with me or you want to get in touch with George, we do have official emails. It's Aaron at we talk about dead or George at we talk about dead We do. We do. Yeah, I haven't set yours. I've set yours up, but I didn't tell you about it. Oh, Surprise. Okay. It's a wedding. It's my wedding <laughs> gift to you. <laughs> Woo! That's that's amazing. So since George doesn't have access to it just yet, it might be better to just forward everything to me, Aaron at we talk about dead Uh yeah. Uh, you know, and the, the inbox is reserved for basically two things. One, uh, your kind emails and two, uh, any requests for voiceover. <laughs> so I've actually picked up at least one more client from just doing the podcast, which is great. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's what that's for. And feel free to reach out with nice things. If you want to send mean things, that's just kind of silly. We're just going to delete it, but if it's if it's mean and funny though we might read it yes if it's mean and funny if you roast us on the <laughs> in an email uh in good fun we might read that on the air that's funny but uh and it's got to be good though like you know i'm yeah. i'm a professor i read student evaluations like you can't you can't impress me with a weak ass roast like i need i need the heat yep yep i agree but uh, yeah, so that's that's all really great stuff. And, you know, for the people who've stayed engaged, uh, really, really, thank you. <laughs> I'm engaged. You're engaged. Yes. <laughs> uh, not for long. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's all I really wanted to say about that. I do want to talk a bit, a bit about some upcoming content. So like I said, with George getting married and everything, it's going to be me driving the show for a little bit. And that's fine. It's kind of always been that way. Um he contributes, but I am, I am the one, you know, pulling the, you know, I got the website and the video and the, you know, the extra bullshit, the Patreon, the, you know, I run all that stuff. Um, so I've got some different stuff coming up. It's going to be a change of weather a little bit, and then we'll, we'll get back to doing what we usually do. Uh, it's no, by no means a permanent, um, a permanent change or anything like that. It's just for a phase. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to try some experimental stuff. So different, I know, different kinds of guests, topics that aren't history. It's just going to be a little vacation, I guess, from business as usual. But when it's over, I assure you, we will go back to how things were before. We've got some, we've got some other discussions we want to have that aren't necessarily uh, not scripted. Um, you know, we've, we've been talking about having an episode about what it meant to be a male or what it meant to be masculine in uh, ancient Rome, for example, um, what it meant, what it meant to be feminine in ancient Rome. You know, these are topics that are interesting to us and we can kind of, 
I don't know. We, there's no reason to write out an entire not script for something like that. We can discuss this and ask questions, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, and also that actually, speaking of questions, it makes me want to say one other thing. If you have a question for us that you would like to try for us to answer on the air, you can email that to me too. So, yes. And I, I will warn you, I have absolutely zero self-discipline of my own time. I'm the type of person who will, like, spend eight hours researching something that goes in like the eighth footnote on a page that no one's ever going to read just because I refuse to stop until I have an answer I'm satisfied with. So if you send me some, if you send a question, um, I will go to inhuman lengths to make sure I have an answer for it on air. <laughs> right on. And if it's something silly too, if you just want to write in a note for us to read, like, Please keep it brief. We're not going to read, you know, 10 pages of stuff. I didn't even read Anaxacorgus's entire letter, mainly because I, I don't want to disrespect Anaxacorgus's, uh, you know, private email. But, uh, yeah, so for for that, like, yeah, we don't mind extra interaction. I really hope oh, that's another thing I really need to mention. Uh, we are going to be making a transition. It won't be fast, just like nothing with this show is fast. We, we move slowly through these topics and that sort of thing. But... Move in silence. Like lasagna. Speaking of moving in silence, we are looking at finding another way for you to support the show that's not Patreon because I, it's come to my attention uh, with some recent interviews I've had with people who understand podcasting and the world of podcasting that Patreon is bad form. People don't like Patreon. I don't like Patreon. I've never liked Patreon. They did improve a lot a couple years ago, but they take a lot of your money. And they take a lot of your money and then police what we can say quite a bit. And to the point where it just doesn't even make any sense. Like we got the COVID tags on Spotify. That could have gotten us banned from Patreon, you know, two years ago, right? They are not a great platform. And we'd like to be able to do a broader variety of things while also retaining your support. We don't want to lose any of it. If you're good with Patreon, stay on Patreon. But we're also opening up another avenue on Locals. Uh, Locals is pretty well trusted for uh, supporting people who are speaking freely. Uh, you could you can get all kinds of crazy people on there, uh, and they don't they just don't ban the way Patreon does. So, have you heard of Locals, George? I have not. No. Okay. So I hear from what I understand, it's one of the very few platforms where you can get away with almost anything within reason. They're not going to you know ban you for speaking your mind about COVID. <laughs> so. That's a good thing. So we're going to open that up as an, another way to support. And like I said, if you like Patreon, stay on Patreon. That's fine. Um, if you prefer to give through locals, just know that we're going to we're going to get more of your money and they're going to get less. So that's just the other thing that's coming up. Now, as far as that goes, I'm announcing this because the next interview that's going to come out in this show is it's an interesting conversation. It's with a very, very... Uh, I don't know how to how to describe him. You'll know when you get there. Uh, this is the kind of guy who could blow up overnight, I think, because he's not afraid to say things that are difficult to say. Uh, he was actually the one who was telling me about, one of the people who was telling me about Patreon. Um, and if it turns out that this is the kind of thing that gets us banned from Patreon, we're going to have the Locals platform ready to go. Uh, if we can talk to, you know, realm earthers or flat earthers or whatever they want to call themselves, Gnostics and, you know, people like Howdy and these very interesting people who 
honestly get us the most plays, uh, then we're going to have to be ready to shuffle when the system says, no, you can't say that. You can't talk about that anymore. I kind of imagine the system as being like a dumb chicken. You, you ever spend time around chickens, George? I have. They are okay. vindictive little psychopaths. And they're dumb. Yes, they like, and they can't decide if they like you or, or hate you. They'll bite your shoes just because you're standing near them and you're wearing a certain color. That's kind of how it feels like the system is working right now. And as far as the whole like system conversation goes, if you can't see that things are crazy right now and the whole world has gone completely topsy-turvy, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, it's nuts out there. And I'm not going to foray into some rant about it, but the sands are shifting, right? Like, doesn't it feel like you could say something and get, like, completely owned for it for no reason and not know why? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And me, I, I had to put this episode on, put out... I put it in front of six or seven trusted producers, people who I know personally who understand that I, I mean them no harm with the conversations I have because I can't tell what's allowed anymore. That's kind of where we're at. I don't know what's what's allowed, <laughs> what the rules are. But I do know Patreon is uh, the little Nazis at Patreon are very, very vindictive when they find out something you've done that's a no-no in their book. I'm leaving space for you to make a comment because I'm just going. Um. Well, let's see. That's interesting because I'm completely and totally disconnected from the podcasting and producing world. I have zero interaction with it other than through Aaron. Um. So I'm kind of somewhat surprised, but but glad to hear that people are building alternatives because yeah, for just from what I would have assumed with something like Patreon is that they've kind of gotten a hold on that niche and are using that effectively to, to really stifle the types of conversations you can have, because I feel like Patreon really does have a sort of ubiquitousness um, in terms of being the model for, you know, online decentralized financial support. Um, sort of like how, you know, things like Xerox became a, a noun for just making a photocopy of something because the brand Xerox had such a hold on the market for so long. So I, I wouldn't have even known that there were real alternatives to Patreon out there. So I'm very happy to hear that. Yes. And locals is, as far as I can tell, it's still just as much of a headache for me because I don't like organizing stuff. I like putting out one piece of content and forgetting about it. Um, tell me but, about it. It took like literally a year for you to put my name on the Patreon instead of Jabe's. <laughs> <laughs> That's because they wouldn't let me change it until then. You couldn't See, change it. That was your name. Aaron's free speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can I can just tell you that Locals keeps less of your money. Um, there's more options to do stuff and it works a lot better. It just does. And Patreon will police you for shit you say that has nothing to do with pe what people are paying for. If they don't like a tweet you sent out on your own personal account and they find out that they're connected, they will ban you. Damn. Which is just nuts. Especially even you know, especially if you're like little guys like us where you don't have that many patrons. Um, they don't care. They're they're not losing anything, but they have an ideology that they pursue and, you know, we differentiate on that now. Didn't before, but definitely now. Um, yes. So that's another big change that's coming. It's not big, big, but, um, if you want to jump over to locals 
or if you want to stay on Patreon, both are going to remain up until Patreon decides we're no-no people and have to go. I also wouldn't have to be talking about money if I didn't have to think about money. And the reality is both George and I have real jobs. Uh, at least George does. Mine's kind of a meme, but it's good. It's a good It's a good <laughs> gig. It's a really good gig, um, but it does take up more of my time and it does limit where I can go with the show. Uh, there's a good chance that if you went back and listened over our episodes and there's hundreds of, the, well, not hundreds, but there's over, what, 150 now, something like that. Somebody could find something that they could send to my boss and they'd be like, your your employee's a problem, and then I have to go through all sorts of extra training or some bullshit like that. Um, I In an ideal future, I would like to not have to worry about that. And I don't know if that's going to look like, you know, getting this other podcast going finally and then just trying to cut loose from the corpo world. But I've just been having this realization recently that I don't really want to be a corpo. Your thoughts, George? My thoughts are just a repeating clip of that Alex Jones. I'm breaking the conditioning. Well, I would like to. Um, but I would also like you all to know that the VO thing is working out great. Uh, the Patreon support is also helping pay bills and things. Uh, it's still not enough for me to completely go off the chain and start really, you know, getting deep into stuff. I am a little bit limited because I have a career. <laughs> but, uh, that's kind of where I wanted to, the last subject I have in my notes here before we can go off into something else, if you like. Um, the hope for the future is that basically I, I don't have to do that. I don't have to have another job. It could just be this. That would require actually taking a leap, making more content than I do currently, which is severely limited essentially by full-time job elsewhere. Uh, and I'm sure George would like that freedom too, but I think you also like your actual occupation better than the show, yes? <laughs> I, I do like being a professor. This is yeah. true. Yeah, so you you could do both, but people, I don't want to... People can turn off the podcast, but they can't turn off the classroom. That's right. They have to physically walk out, which most people can't do because they're too lazy or something. I don't know. But they can hit unsubscribe and one-star review on your show just like that, which is, you know, great. But uh, yeah, no, the hope for the future is that uh, we all benefit together um, with the production of more episodes and uh, et cetera. I'd very much like to not be attached to something else. I'd very much like to be doing my own thing and be taken care of, which that's a little bit transparency, but there I said it. It's just why I appreciate the patrons we do have. Um. Yeah, George. Sorry, I'm getting a call. It's another. Do you have you gotten a huge uptick in spam calls lately? No, I get. It's always like an eight five five or something number. I I literally have been getting like five a day. That's probably because you're in all those. You're in all that wedding stuff, and your numbers getting. I don't know because I'm not. Around. I most things are you know over email online stuff like i'm not a number hasn't really uh really been going out there much but yeah it's just been lately these toll-free numbers have just been brutally assailing the sacred walls of my phone <laughs> the sacred walls of your phone you mean the the pocket saturnian hypnos hypnosist <laughs> hypnosis device yes yes, yes. I do. 
Have you noticed? Here's something. I I know this is we've talked business enough. Let's talk about some fun stuff. Have you noticed that more people are are making references to like a hyper Berea and and like Saturnian cults and like Gnostic like subjects? Have you noticed this? It's definitely there's been more of what was uh, previously restricted to some pretty esoteric parts of the Internet. Um, Yeah. Like the number of like little dark age edits about like Hyperborea and Antarctica and stuff has really definitely been on the on the upswing. Well, I've also seen tons of memes about like the Demiurge and things like that. Like just all of this really spooky like mystical stuff and i thought i was being edgy but it looks like that's people are sort of expanding their understanding on these topics or they're just getting bored what just the demiurge the demiurge yeah i think people are just getting bored with the with the fence the corral of what you're allowed to think about and they're wanting to branch out a little bit more i mean certainly with our show the interviews we did with miguel and howdy like those are uh, not just because they have other audiences, but I've gotten the most like actual feedback about those. They're like, wow, you're delving into that topic. I'm like, well, the truth is I was delving into that topic three, four years ago. Uh, it's just now the it's almost like the public, not even the public, but the podcasting world is ready to start talking about this stuff. That's that's my take anyway. Yeah, I mean, there is there is something profoundly boring about uh the accepted sort of discourse, so to speak. Like I feel like no matter in both in the, uh, in the um, specific and in the general, like when whatever is normal gets old and gets boring and people want to branch out from it. But this is also, I think a particularly stagnant sort of social, uh, social setting where I really think that what is presented as normal and what is presented as okay to talk about and okay to question really is just profoundly unsatisfying on a deep level to a lot of people, which is why you've got to keep them entertained with, you know, the the bread and circuses and whatnot. So they don't start thinking about uh, other things, which sometimes end up sometimes are ridiculous. Um, I'm not a, you know, flat earther or anything too outrageous. Um, but I think in, even if the the stuff they end up in is, kind of patently silly i think it's a healthy impulse that people sort of are wanting to look beyond what is uh presented to them as the way things are and the way you think yeah it's it's profoundly boring uh and that's why i find those conversations so interesting and i'm I'm actually not averse to talking to people who have what some would call crazy views it's because if you're still like just hanging on to the old paradigm of like politics what are you what are you allowed to talk about today you're allowed to talk about Money, racism, politics. Uh, Don't forget sports. Sports, sports ball. Um, You're allowed to talk about like what's the deep? What's the really deep one? I guess the simulation theory. That's as far as you. That's as far out as it gets, brother. You know, you can take some DMT or do a little weed. Think about think about uh, whether or not there's space aliens out there in space. But you're not allowed to think about like what shape the Earth might be if it's bigger if we live in Minecraft or whatever, like these are things that are patently off topic. And I get so bored with it that, you know, I'm like, I don't know how people continue just like, you know, 
racism, sexism, racism, sexism, politics, Trump, Trump, Clinton, Trump. Uh, it's boring. How are you not bored yet, people? <laughs> it's just boring. Yeah. It was ironic because the interview I recorded actually does touch on racism a little bit. And but I think in an interesting way. Not in the not in the silly, like, oh, we can't say these things kind of way. It's like, let's have a serious conversation about this. No, really, let's have a serious conversation about this. But I don't know. Is that just the internet or is that just how people are getting? Is what, sorry. I wasn't like, sure what the antecedent there was. This this change, like, it, are people actually like getting so bored with the mainstream that they're going to things like like that they're ascent, they're vibing out of this plane is straight into a Gartha, you know, like this kind of thing. Like, are people the enthusiasm for it is high? I don't know where I'm going with this help me i'm i mean i i certainly don't either um certainly i don't know there is a there is a little bit of a matrix vibe to it right yeah yeah and, you know we I, tr I try not to get too cliched talking about things like you know the red pill and all that but i mean i think there there is a sense in which it is a pretty profound transition when you realize that you can kind of make your own way intellectually and you don't have to rely on what's spoon fed to you yeah and that takes that takes a little courage i mean it's scary people want to know things but they don't know things you know they want it verified i was going to say like you don't you don't even have to go read plato and aristotle anymore you've, you've summed it up right there people want to know things but they don't know things <laughs> yeah you know they're like really familiar with the shadows in the cave wall you know, they, they understand all the characters, they know all the plays, and I think they're just beginning to turn around to see the fire, right? And I think there's some of us out here who were, like, way ahead of the curve. Like, you know, the one guy I, I've been talking to you about us potentially inviting on the show, he's controversial as hell. He's been banned for 30 years. Like, he's he's a... But, like... He's got some good takes. I don't know what to tell you. Like he he's he is controversial, but like shit. I was listening, I was listening to him. Like I gotta talk to this guy because it's just not interesting to go back and forth and back and forth about the same topics in the same paradigm all the time. Like I like talking about flat Earth as much as I like talking about hollow Earth. I love the idea that maybe Hitler and the boys escaped on a submarine and like went into a hollow Earth and arrived like under like. You know, in the in the hollow earth in some place. Like, I love that stuff. Why not? It's imaginative, right? But it's it's like you said, a symptom of being corralled into like you're allowed to think about this and this only. And maybe that's all it is. Maybe it's just a symptom. Are you still thinking about Hitler going to the hollow earth? No, no, I was actually. Well, kind of. I was thinking about Antarctica. Oh, okay. Still thinking about that ATM on Antarctica, man. That just if that isn't boils, a symbol, boils my blood. If that isn't a symbol of the problem we might have today, I don't know what is. Hey, should we talk about the financial collapse a little, <laughs> a little bit? Um, I mean, we can. I, you know, the money's fake. It's been fake for so long that I kind of have stopped trying to understand our financial system. Yeah. 
Well, you had a phase where you were like intensely studying economics. Yeah, that was that? a terrible idea. I do remember that. I remember sitting in my lonely apartment in Indiana reading books on economics. That was a terrible time in my life. Man. But that's one of the other things that I think we're going to have to face pretty soon is the reality that the money is fake. That might be the biggest realization we have yet to do. Um, but it feels like the, the culture is ready to start swallowing this information because we've we've tried every option. Don't you just, I mean, like I see, I see people like snapping. And one thing I talked about in the interview, um, Scott Adams snapping, Mr. Dilbert himself snapping. And just trying to break the paradigm because he's it, honestly, it looks like he's just frustrated by the walls that have been constructed around that topic. Did you see that? Did you catch that? I mean, I was I, I saw a lot of references to it. I've been uh, I've not been following really anything as closely as I normally do for obvious reasons. Well, um, I used I used to listen to him all the time, and then I quit during COVID because I was like, I can't listen to this this guy be like afraid of this thing. It's not good for morale. Uh, and then I didn't listen to him forever until I heard about this, and was like, I need to go back and look at this because if this guy this guy's completely snapped. And uh, I was looking at something he did like three days ago, and he's saying some of the same shit I say. That wokeism is like a mental disorder of some kind that's hurting people. It's like a it's like a a pathology specifically designed to destroy midwits. <laughs> like stuff I was hearing. By the way, we heard a lot of praise about the the uh, IQ discussion on the French Revolution thing, which I was not prepared for. I was afraid people were gonna like pin me to a stake and set me on fire. We with don't a baguette. With a baguette, yes. <laughs> Toasted baguette. I was afraid they were going to toast my baguette. <laughs> but they didn't. That sounds like a weird euphemism. I don't, I'm not entirely comfortable with it. Now you're just thinking uh, like a French person. Stop it. Uh, perhaps uh, toast my baguette late now. I don't, I don't uh, no, it. don't do that. Don't, don't <laughs> do that. Save yourself for marriage, George. It does feel like that though, doesn't it? It feels like it feels like people are ready to finally start. They're, they're frustrated. It's I mean, it, it was me a couple of years ago, but it feels like the public at large, or at least maybe five to ten percent of them, are like, oh, "We've heard it all. All this is bullshit, and we got to talk about the fake money." It feels like those conversations are coming, <laughs> but I don't know. Am I boring you? Well, we did we did delve into economics, so you came precipitously close. Um, I was just was sort of thinking bad. about the the narrative. It's it's funny because you have the the talking heads, you know, whose job it is to to reassure the the populace um, that everything is fine. You know, talking to you know they've been for the last year they've been you know saying ah uh, you know we're not approaching a financial collapse. You know, there's nothing to worry about. This is just you know, this is just a blip. You know, we're not going to have hyperinflation. We're not going to have this. Blah 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 blah. Meanwhile, you go on the the internet outside of the uh, sort of approved channels of communication, and people have been making like absolutely stupid memes of you know money printer go burr, and like people been people been memeing inflation for three years now, um, while the the powers that be have, you know, continued to come on TV to tell us it's not something we should be worried about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, friggin' like guy, people I thought were mainstream are starting to say money printer go burr. 
once again goes to show you you should get all your news from memes it's going to be more reliable uh can i get that printed or like put on a golden plate and framed for my living room get your news uh, from me we'll to get your news from memes yeah that's i don't know it needs to be punchier i'm gonna think on that we can work on the verbiage yeah we've got it exactly, exactly but it's going to be a true no to... it's like i'm actually when i think about it i it's kind of it's a little bit unsettling when i think about how many like major events i have heard about first through seeing a meme about it mm-hmm. well like then... i still remember when john mccain died and i found out about it because of a crab raid video <laughs> Well, I will say the uh, the ant people timeline, as as I discussed with Sam Tripoli, um, it continues apace. Every day it's a new thing. You know, it was the train derailment, and then it was what the Chinese balloon, or was it the was it the other way around? I don't remember. Every it was day Chinese it's... balloon, and then train derailment. It's like, my, I can't believe I still have my Chinese balloon decorations up. It's train derailment season. Right, right. I saw that meme. I think he might have sent it to me, but <laughs> probably I. I, I I don't know how people keep up with it. Like I'm a, like last week I was like, I don't care. I'm not listening to anything. I didn't listen to podcasts, which I usually do all day. I didn't listen to podcasts. I didn't listen to, I didn't watch any YouTube. I didn't, I didn't want to hear any of it because no one is saying the stuff that's right in front of our faces. And I don't know. It's, it really just does feel like it's time to, to start saying the things that we see again. It feels like it's time to start telling the truth and not hiding behind lies, deception and stories narratives uh like the the whole money thing uh money being fake like that's a big one we have to deal with that in some capacity you know we can't keep ignoring uh we just can't keep ignoring these things you know it's not about being i don't, I don't even feel like a conspiracy theorist anymore i just feel like a person who i, I find i look for interesting things interesting and true things because everything that that is produced for us normies out here or i should say us uh sheeple or whatever they'd like to call us uh it's just it it's not even interesting it's like it's what's the phrase not my not my clowns not my circus or not my like circus that. not my monkey i i can't remember but it not yeah. my circus not my monkeys um whatever it is i feel completely disengaged from any of this narrative at all like this is how this is how bad it's gotten for me i was like i hope they arrest trump because that would at least be interesting not, nothing to do with is he did he do something wrong nothing about that it's just like that would be an interesting thing to happen and they cancel break, break up the monotony a little bit yeah yeah but i don't know i don't know man we've gone we've gone long enough here but uh at least we got a little fun in there because it was mostly business there at the beginning but uh yeah. I don't know what you're talking about if i recall correctly the beginning was the mighty and daring swordsman peter defending his chieftain at the hill fort so <laughs> that's right the that's helian the i remember what is uh what does the helian actually mean it's helian. the saxon word for savior interesting is that anything to do with helios different language but probably what, not but have, why would it be I'd so have to similar? look up indo-european etymology but i doubt it is any connection just a coincidence probably a coincidence interesting but coincidences don't exist that's right there are no coincidences yeah but on that note <laughs> indeed on, the, on that note indeed uh 
It might be a while before you hear from George, and that's okay. But uh, George, is there anything you'd like to say to the, to our lovely listeners before you step into matrimony? I mean, it's not, it's not tomorrow. I've got like five or six weeks. Maybe we could crank <laughs> something out, but you're like, I'm expecting you to be busy. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um, well, I'll just say that unlike people who will remain unnamed, I'm not going to disappear after I get married. Good. Not going to not going to walk away. We need you here, buddy. <laughs> Put me in, coach. I'm ready. Yeah, and you're, we'll turn your wife into a producer, and then that'll be it. She can check all our episodes, make sure they're kosher. You know? Um, no, nah, I'm just, I'm mostly just kidding about that. I'm sure she, she would just like to hear the finished thing. But yeah, she does. She enjoys our show. So I'm really glad to hear that. And I'm glad you guys enjoy the show. I'm glad all of you listening out there are enjoying the show. Get ready for a raucous ride as, uh, as George steps away for just a brief moment as I, take the reins and drive this thing right off a cliff <laughs> get ready it's going to be hilarious and we're going to be uh laughing all the way to the bottom of the grand canyon that was kind of an ominous ominous way to do that it reminds me when i was like 15 and i was playing risk and i was winning by a lot like i was very clearly poised for victory and I had to go somewhere for some just briefly. I don't remember what it was, but I let's I told somebody else they could take they could take my turns. Someone who was watching. I was gone for like maybe three turns max, and he had just absolutely destroyed my empire in those couple turns. He had messed everything up. Wow, three turns, huh? Yeah, that's how quick it can go. Mm. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes, and all that. Empire tends to collapse rather quickly, doesn't it? Indeed. Well, on that <laughs> cheerful note. Yes, we'll leave you be. Uh, George, you want to pick the song to play us out? Oh, oh. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Um, maybe they'll let the sound of defending your chieftain at the hill fort of Jerusalem <laughs> play you out. Right on. Robert hath a swift hand He doth gaze upon the feared And he maketh a plan And he hath a jaunty cap Perched upon his head He's a longbow man He did find an old bow of you And a quiver of arrows In his father's chest Wherefore I cannot say But he cometh for thee